Dr. Rachel Clickman was raised in Oregon with a menagerie of animals. She served two years in the United States Army and then moved to Maryland where she worked as a veterinary assistant in an emergency clinic. She became a credentialed veterinary technician and then earned her DVM from the Virginia, Maryland Regional College of Veterinary Medicine in 2007. After graduation, she did an internship in an emergency clinic, then worked in other small animal practices before starting her integrated medicine journey. She was certified by IVIS in acupuncture in 2015 and completed an apprenticeship in Western herbal medicine in 2017. She then worked in a hospice and palliative care practice and earned her certification in hospice and palliative care. After six years in the hospice practice, she joined Healing Paws, an integrative medicine practice in Maryland. Please enjoy this conversation with Dr. Rachel Clickman as we discuss her childhood, education, beginnings in veterinary medicine, and how important mentorship was to her professional journey. Dr. Clickman, thanks for taking time on your Saturday to talk. Oh, absolutely. It's my pleasure. So you grew up on the West Coast. I did. I actually, um, I was actually born in Japan. Uh, both my parents were in the military, but uh, my parents were both from Washington State, and we ended up settling in Oregon. Uh, so I lived there through my entire childhood. What part of the state were you in? Uh, the the very western part. Um, I spent uh, most of my childhood in Portland, and then in high school, we moved an hour closer to the coast in this really tiny town called Rainier, which is about an hour away from from the coast of Oregon, um, kind of in the upper part on the border of Oregon and Washington. Oh, sure. I've got friends in Astoria. Oh, yes, Astoria. I love. I used to love going there and see where the Goonies was filmed. Yes. So. Were you folks still in the service when you were growing up then? No, uh, they when they came back to the States from Japan, uh, both my parents ended up getting out of the service. Um, so my dad was in the reserves the whole time I was growing up. So he'd be gone on weekends and a couple weeks a year. And, and there was still a really strong military focus uh, in the family. But um, I didn't have to do the state hopping that a lot of people did. Oh, that's kind of nice. Yeah, so it was very nice. A lot of uh, pets growing up? Yes. Um, I grew up with numerous dogs, cats, rabbits, birds, rodents, fish. Uh, my parents always loved animals. And, and so we were raised with a lot of animals. And uh, when I was in high school, we ultimately were living on seven acres in Oregon. So we had some goats at that point. Um, probably one of my first um, introductions to medicine was when one of my goats tried to suffocate itself by wrapping. It, he was on a, a lead and wrapped himself around a chain and passed out. My dad had to give him CPR and brought him back. So. Oh, oh, what a what a mess that one. Oh, it was. How scary. It was. It was. But, you know, it's he he got him back and it was um, it was just actually something that stands out from from that. Oh, I can imagine. So go period. Yeah. When uh, did you think that you want to be a veterinarian then? I I am one of those people who grew up reading James Harriet, so I, I always had it in the back of my head. But in high school, I was very much drawn to more of the literature and the arts, not so much science. So I never thought I would be interested in a field that was really heavily science-based. Um, but then I actually went into the Army for a couple years and 
at that time, I had dogs and I met a woman who was a veterinary technician and I didn't realize that was a, a possible career path. So when I got out of the army, um, I actually started by going to school and became a registered vet tech. And that's where my career pretty much started. And from there, I just kept going further and further. So you're in the army for just a couple of years? Yeah. Yeah. I was actually stationed down in Panama. I was a mechanic uh, for a couple of years. Did you enjoy it down there? I learned to. So um, <laughs> I am, I'm very pale and I actually have an allergy to sunlight and I really hate humidity. So Panama was beautiful, but it was not the climate that I'm most comfortable in. <laughs> it was both of those things, sunny and humid. Yes, exactly. I loved the rainstorms. My favorite thing were the thunderstorms coming through because we didn't have, um, we don't have a lot of those on the West Coast, but oh, the humidity afterwards couldn't get me out of the air conditioning, except as a mechanic, I was stuck being outside most of the time if I had to be. So uh, where did you, where did you go to tech school? Um, I actually moved to Maryland when I left the army and I went to the, um, um, Baltimore County um, Community Colleges. So up in Essex, they have a vet tech program, and I completed that program in 1999. What uh, type of practice did you go into then? Uh, I started in general practice. Um, Well, actually, I started in emergency practice, but then once I got my um, certificate, I went into general practice, which... um, that's actually where I met one of my integrative mentors. Um, we both worked at the same emergency clinic and then both ended up working at the same general practice. Oh, that's kind of nice. Well, so um, how big was that general practice then? Um, it was pretty small. There were three veterinarians when I was there, um, So, but they've been in the area for a long time. I think about then, almost 30 years now. So when when did you get the idea to go to vet school then? Yeah, as a as a registered technician and you know gaining more responsibility and and doing the kind of more academic side of it, I just really found this passion for medicine and and I really loved, you know, trying to not only figure out puzzles, but actually what I ended up getting drawn towards was helping owners understand how to help their pets. I really loved the client education part. Um, and I did well in tech school and, and the science, once I got into it, put my mind to it, I actually found that I really enjoyed that as well. And, and so that's when I decided that I was going to try to apply to vet school. And you went to Virginia, Maryland? Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I got in and was in class of uh, 2007, so started in 2003. Had you considered other schools or, or were you just putting all your, all your money um, on Virginia? Uh, in state. So that was really nice. So that's really where I wanted to go. Uh, Most of the vets that I worked with were graduates, but honestly, wherever would have taken me, I would have gone to. Um, I did apply to five schools. Uh, I got into Georgia. Um, I think I would have liked Georgia as well. But yeah, no, Virginia Tech was definitely my first, my first option. Uh, Georgia would have been more sunny and humid. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Not that you have to spend much time outside. It's a catch-22, you know. It's beautiful. It's just, you know, not fun to be out in. Yeah. Did you enjoy school? I did. I did. I, um, you know, as most veterinarians, type A. And I remember my, so the vet I mentioned, who was one of my mentors, um, you know, she said, enjoy this. This will be the best years of your life. 
I would laugh at her, like, how can school be the best years of your life? And now I look back and kind of wistfully wish I could go back sometimes. But I did enjoy it. I, I made a lot of friends and, you know, really, I felt like I got a, a great education. And Do you feel like it was an advantage at all being a, a slightly more mature student? I do. Um, I feel like because I went into the army straight out of high school and I didn't start back into college until probably a year or two after I got out, I felt like, you know, I'd had that chance to, to not have to buckle down and be so serious, you know, kind of get that partying out of your system that, you know, some of us feel we need to do, you know, I can stay up late and hang out with friends and not have to worry about, um, you know, tests or grades. But then when it was time for me to go back to school, you know, go into school, I did feel like I was able to be more focused. I have to imagine that there was some relief that you had the technical skills down. Yeah, that also was nice going into it. I was a, a technician, you know, for five years, I think, before I went into vet school. So, you know, having seen at least parts of veterinary medicine and worked in it and, you know, already kind of had an idea of things, you know, some of the common diseases like diabetes and hyperthyroidism and, you know, surgery, you know, it just, it wasn't so foreign. And I felt really grateful for that. And I imagine being, having emergency medicine experience, you know, Less easy to rattle, I suppose, than a traditional student. You know? <laughs> yeah, though um, I I did well in emergency medicine, but it's definitely not something I enjoy because I don't like having to think fast and, and deal with like multiple crises going on at one time. So I did learn that about myself. Um, I was I was good at it. I it's just not the place I wanted to be. Well, that is kind of an advantage that at least you had that sense, you know, that was one yeah. thing you didn't, didn't need to explore once you got out of vet school. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of already knew I wanted to stay in general practice, um, you know, kind of explore that there was, you know, the specialties, not, there wasn't any one thing that I, you know, just really wanted to focus on. So, and I definitely knew that I, emergency was okay, but I, I didn't want to stick with that, even though I ended up actually doing an emergency internship when I got out of vet school, um, again, I think that gave me a lot of really good experience and also told me this is not what I want my career to be in. Was that um, on the East Coast then? Yeah. So I came back to Maryland um, and did my internship at the emergency clinic in Annapolis, uh, Anne Arundel Veterinary Emergency Clinic for a year uh, before I went into general practice. And it was nice because part of that was rotating with the specialists. So, you know, staying in the area, I also got to have uh, personal interactions with specialists in the area, which I think is really great when you're, you know, referring cases, um, you know, having that kind of uh, relationship that we knew each other had worked together before was nice. Oh, absolutely. Are you still in, are you still in the area of that clinic or no? Yeah, actually. So um, when I left my internship, I went to a general practice a little bit north of Baltimore or of um, Annapolis and was there for about five years and then decided that I wanted to try something a little bit different. So my original mentor, uh, her name is Dr. Jennifer Levitsky, and she had just opened a integrative practice down by Annapolis called Healing Paws. And she was so busy, she was looking for someone to come in and do the more conventional side of medicine so she could focus on the integrative and you know Chinese medicine. She does uh, acupuncture and herbs. 
So I ended up uh, going down to her practice, which is, you know, pretty much like five miles away from where I did my internship. So yeah, my whole career has pretty much been in this area. Oh, that's kind of nice. Did you, did you have any uh, interest in holistic medicine before you went to the practice? Yeah, it did. I actually, in vet school, they had a one weekend course that you could take on uh, integrative medicine. I think back then they were still calling it alternative medicine. (laughs) Um, We've gone through the iterations. But uh, I I don't remember talking about anything else but acupuncture. I think that was kind of the main focus. Um, And I thought it was really interesting. And I like the idea of having, you know, some some alternative treatment options. Um, And then Actually, when I went to my first practice, there was a veterinarian who would come in and do acupuncture once a week. Um, that was my introduction to Moxa. You know, the first time I smelled that, I was in surgery, and I was like, "What's going on out there?" And that's how I met Dr. Allison Key. Um, so she would do acupuncture. So between her and Jen uh, Levitsky, that's how I was introduced to acupuncture and, and veterinary medicine, kind of like superficially and like just knowing that it was an option to use that as part of your practice. Yeah. So you got to healing pause and you're doing the traditional side of the practice. How long were you there? I was a healing pause for about three years. Um, while I was there, uh, I had the opportunity to become acupuncture trained. Um, Ivis was down in Richmond the year I decided to take it, which was really nice because I didn't have to fly. I could drive down. Um, and then that, you know, that kind of opened up this whole world and, and healing pause did. I, I really only knew about acupuncture. And then I, you know, at healing pause, we have pretty much like four shelves for, you know, like small shelves for conventional medicine. And then there's just like shelves upon shelves upon shelves of Chinese herbs. And, you know, that was really fascinating to me. So I started learning that, you know, there was so many more worlds, you know, involved with integrative medicine, so many different opportunities and places to, you know, take your learning. Did you, um, so when you took the Ivy's course, the Chinese medicine clicked with you right away? It did not to the point where I felt drawn to the Chinese herbs, but I liked, I felt like Chinese medicine explained some things that I could not put into words in Western medicine. And so I really liked that blending of, you know, the Western understanding, but then, you know, learning the Chinese medicine um, just seemed like it kind of filled in some gaps for me that, you know, made a lot of sense. Were you able to use any of that, practice any of that then back at Healing Pause? I started to, but then shortly after I took the acupuncture course, um, I basically, I was in a place of burnout. I was burned out before I went to Healing Pause, but I just got to this place I needed to leave general practice for a while. So I had only done, um, this was... I think I graduated in 2015. Um, so I, I I did acupuncture for about six months. And then um, actually, Dr. Levitsky took me to the um, Holistic Vet Med Association conference in Ohio that year. Oh, in Columbus. And yeah. Oh, it was, that was a really pretty city. Um, so we went to the Holistic conference. And that's actually where she introduced me to Lori Doman. And Lori had her friend there that she introduced me to, Chris August. And so we were all eating dinner one night and um, I started talking to Lori and Chris and they mentioned uh, this thing called Western herbal medicine. And that's what actually clicked for me. I was just immediately just enthralled. Um, And then talking to Chris August, you know, she does a lot with holistic or um, 
hospice and palliative care. Yeah. And that it was like I had all these pieces were coming together and that was the final piece. So, you know, talking to them, you know, that's actually the year that they were in the process of creating the Western Herbal Medicine course uh, that Lori now runs, uh, Purple Moon. So I signed up for that. But then, you know, the burnout hit. So I ended up taking the Western herb class, but I left Healing Paws to go work for a national um, in-home uh, hospice and euthanasia service Yeah, and really started exploring hospice and palliative care and ended up going through the certification course through the um, International Association of Hospice and Palliative Medicine, Veterinary Palliative Medicine, and um just, I think that that's where, you know, everything just suddenly, you know, kind of fell into place that I, I found a part of medicine that I really feel drawn to. And then to be able to use the integrative modalities in it, like it just all made sense. I bet that did that appeal to your, uh, the fact that you like spending time with owners and, and connecting mm -hmm. with them. Yeah. And I think that is a really big t reason why I'm drawn to actually both integrative medicine and hospice is I, I am not a 15 minute appointment person. I, I don't like doing that. I don't like, you know, walking into a room, telling people what they need to do and walking out. And I know that there are times where that is absolutely what needs to happen. I, I like to sit down to really kind of get to know the family and the pets and to figure out what their needs are and what their goals are and then help them figure out the best way to do that. And that's what I love about the integrative part is it really lends itself to hospice and palliative care. You know, if you have these pets that, you know, can't be on conventional medicines or, um, you know, the owners have tried them and they're not working, you know, to have so many more tools to help with quality of life, I think is just really amazing. Oh, absolutely. So how long did you spend in the, in the uh, hospice practice then? Uh, that was five years. So um, I was with them for five years and I actually really liked going to people's homes. I, I found that that um, also really, you know, kind of fit with the hospice and palliative care. I think you can do a great job in the clinic, but there's just so much in the home that you can pick up on that you wouldn't in an exam room that I think can be really important. Um, so I was with them, yeah, about five years. I left last year. Did you have a uh, wide practice area? Or did you, were you driving a lot or how did that oh, work for you? Yeah, I think, I can't remember, I calculated how many miles, but I think almost 100,000 miles in five years. And I love driving. So the driving part didn't bother me. The sitting in traffic, you know, around the, D I um, actually did the triangle between uh, Baltimore and DC and then Southern Maryland. Yeah. So yeah, there was, there was definitely a lot of driving. That's the frustrating part, right? The downtime? Um, and the traffic when you're uh, running late to an appointment and you're on 95 and it's a parking lot, you know, uh, tested my Zen many times. <laughs> so after the hospice practice, where did you go? Um, so I, uh, I loved what I did, but that practice wasn't set up for really follow-up. And, and really it was like 97% euthanasia, which again, you know, I actually, I really found a calling in helping pets pass at home with their families, but I felt like I had this knowledge with herbs and this knowledge with acupuncture, and I just wasn't able to use it. And I wanted, I wanted to get my hands on these hospice cases much sooner than when they were calling us in this 
this practice that I was at. So um, Dr. Levitsky and I were, we'd been friends for, you know, almost 30 years now. And uh, occasionally we'd meet for dinner. And, you know, ultimately I ended up leaving. I went to another uh, general practice for a really short period of time. But then I was talking to Jen and she said, you know, I could definitely use you. And she's really interested in developing a more official hospice program out of her clinic and having someone who can go into the home to do acupuncture treatments on those big dogs that, you know, are difficult getting in or, you know, in-home hospice evaluations or, you know, end-of-life appointments. And so, you know, this is where I think everything is just really coming together. So I, I went back to Healing Pause. It's, you know, already set up for integrative. Um, you know, she has a huge clientele that that's what they're looking for. So it's a, you know, it's easy to talk about. They're coming in asking about it. Um, and then, you know, fortunately, a lot of times people are seeking integrative pe- care at the end of their pet's life. And so, again, it just kind of seamlessly flows into the hospice and palliative care aspect. Oh, that sounds wonderful. Kind of come for a little bit full circle, you know? It's completely full circle. I was thinking about it. I kind of feel like if, if you're familiar with Joseph Campbell's and a hero's journey, yeah, oh, yeah. I, kind of, I kind of had to leave home for a while and, and, you know, fight my, my demons and then, you know, find my way back. And along the way, you know, these, these wonderful mentors, you know, Dr. Levitsky, Dr. Key, Dr. Dome and Dr. August have just, you know, been there. And, it's not something that I sought out as actively of some people. So it's almost like the universe has just been nudging me continuously. Like this is your path and putting these people in my path that have just been phenomenal, you know, to learn from. So you're back at the practice. How much, um, are you the only doc in the practice that uses Western herbs? I, yeah, the only one that uses Western herbs. So Dr. Key actually ended up coming to work at Healing Paws. So that's also a full circle moment. Um, So now there's three of us that do acupuncture. They do West uh, Chinese herbs. And then um, Dr. Levitsky has just been gracious about letting me start to bring in the Western herbs and very supportive. And it's fun because we'll, um, you know, we'll definitely collaborate. I've had, you know, Dr. Key, you know, come to me and ask, oh, well, I have pets on, you know, these Chinese formulas, but do you think that, you know, adding this herb would be helpful? And, And so it's just, it's a really amazing atmosphere, very supportive. We have actually a fourth doctor, Dr. Preston too. She hasn't had necessarily official training in modalities like acupuncture and herbs, but she's very much in the integrative mindset. And I just feel so lucky to have, you know, three amazing vets that I get to work with that we can all, you know, push ideas off each other and collaborate. Yeah, absolutely. So are are you spending some time on the road? Um, a little bit. So I do have a non-compete clause. Um, so I, we were limiting things at this point to clients that are um, clients of Healing Paws and we're not really advertising as much. Um, but hopefully over the next year, you know, we'll, we'll get more of the word out. But yeah, I, I, I probably have maybe a case a week where I get to go to a home and do acupuncture. Um, and I have had a couple hospice consults. And, you know, again, Dr. Levitsky is just really excited that we can offer our clients, you know, specifically in-home euthanasia and not having to come to the clinic. That's really awesome. Um, what, um, are you using mostly tinctures for your Western herbs or how are you? How are you working with those? 
Yeah, with um, so with the clients in the clinic, definitely mostly tinctures. I do have uh, some patients where I've recommended, you know, getting some bulk loose herbs and, and making teas. I actually just had a, a case recently of a dog with inflammatory bowel disease that, you know, we were talking about doing like a, a marshmallow tea to add to the food and, you know, just kind of slowly, this dog has had reactions to everything that the internal medicine specialist has tried. So we're just kind of slowly introducing things. Um, but at home, I I make my own tincture. So in the clinic, we, we buy pre-made tinctures because I just want to make sure that, you know, there's no question about you know, strengths and dosages. Um, but at home, I like to make my own, um, uh, I buy my own dry herbs and make my own tinctures and use that with myself and my pets and, you know, topicals when I can do it. Um, it's really fun to make your own medicine, isn't it? Oh, I love it. And um, I'm lucky enough where I live in an older neighborhood where the houses are spaced apart. And so I have turned the mono lawn in the front and in the back as I've just been planting, you know, all sorts of natives and, um, and herbal plants. And I love walking around and just watching everything grow and all my pollinators happily buzzing around. Oh, man. Did you, uh, did you make medicine when you went through uh, Purple Moon? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's one of the things that I really liked about it um, is I looked at CBT, uh, the CIBT I know offered a course and I had looked at that. But talking to Lori and Chris, what I really loved was the hands-on aspect. And so um, with Purple Moon, like you get to actually taste teas of, of most of the herbs, taste the tinctures, um, and then your homeworks, you know, included making tinctures, making teas, making salves. And um, I really, I love creating. And I feel like in a way, Western medicine is also kind of a creative outlet, you know, blending these teas and, and making these tinctures. Um, so yeah, that that's something that I really, really enjoyed about the Purple Moon course. It is. You're right. It does allow you to uh, have a lot of flexibility in the formulas you put together. Yeah. 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 No, I, I really, really. Who do you like to, uh, who do you, who are your suppliers for the tinctures you're using in clinic? Um, generally using herbalist and alchemist. Um, I have used herb farm if I can't find it. And I love mountain rose. It's just, you know, it takes a long time to get stuff from them sometimes. Yes, the shipping, the shipping. I know, it's like two weeks shipping. So when I'm, for my home stuff, I'm usually getting from Mountain Rose. Um, but in the clinic, you know, we we um, we were able to set up an account with Herbalist and Alchemist. And we also use, um, Dr. Levitsky already had a lot of products from Standard Process. So mm, that gave mm -hmm. us access to MediHerb. So I, I, we use a lot of MediHerb as well. Sure. Yeah, that sounds like a good combination. Well, speaking of medicine making, we should talk about what you do when you're not at work. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, one of the things that uh, Purple Moon also really focused on um, was self-care and having gone through burnout and just, you know, certain personal things over the last few years that have been really challenging. Um, Self-care has become a really big part of my day in a lot of ways. I try to make sure that I exercise most days. Um, I love to cook and I find that such a wonderful outlet. And again, even blending in some ways, you know, the medicine with the cooking, you know, I, Lori gave me a patch of nettles that has grown into this like huge wild area in my yard. And so I get to go cook with my nettles and um, I taught myself to sew in the last couple of years and I love 
making clothes, I find it to be really meditative because you have to focus on what you're doing or you'll make mistakes. And so it's a really good way for me to quiet, you know, that brain that we all have, I think as veterinarians where we're constantly like thinking and going and sometimes we need to shut it off and sewing is really great for that. Um, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And you're doing a little brewing, right? Oh yeah. I, um, I haven't in a while, but um, I started making wine a few years back. Gosh, I guess it's been like 10 years. Um, and then I started branching into hard apple cider. And then I found mead, which again, going back to the Western herbs, you know, and in, in the origins of mead, it was sometimes used as a medicine delivery vehicle. I mean, they would, you know, ferment it with, you know, all sorts of, you know, herbs and spices, and it was kind of a medicine. And so I love experimenting. I, I did a chamomile elderberry mead that was really delicious and, you know, just interested in, in taking kind of these medicinal herbs that taste good and, and putting them in the mead is, is fun. Well, that does sound like a lot of fun. Any, uh, any thoughts on beekeeping in the future? Um, <laughs> I've actually thought about it, but um, it's one of those, I need hobbies that I can walk away from for a long time and not have to pay too much attention to. And I I know you can do that with bees, but they're living creatures. And I kind of feel like it's easier for me to put the plants in the ground and say, okay, it's all yours, you know, do what you're going to do. But um yeah, I, I just don't know if I have the time or the energy right now for beekeeping. Oh, I got it. You're pr- you're probably going to attract a lot of uh, bees to your to your yard anyway. Oh, I I love it. I mean, actually, my neighbors I think probably think I'm crazy, but I have this huge patch of like bee balm and Joe Pieweed and um, butterfly bushes and echinacea and and you know just I love walking out there and it's literally just vibrating with activity. So. Congratulations on getting rid of your lawn. Yeah, it's a work in process. I'm, I'm basically, my goal is to have like one track around the yard so I can walk around and look at my plants, but that's it for mowing. It's just like one track around the yard. That sounds like a good goal. Yeah. Well, Rachel, it's been great to talk to you. Yeah. I'm no, so glad that you've uh, finally landed where it seems like you're comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. And no, like I said, it, it, it was a journey, but I feel like in that journey, it's, I've just become such a better vet for all of it. And I'm, you know, even the hard parts, I'm really grateful for at this point. Good, good. All right. Well, I'm going to let you enjoy the rest of your Saturday. All right. Well, thank you very much. It was really great to talk to you, Neil. Oh, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. This podcast is made possible through the generous support of the College of Integrative Veterinary Therapies. ZIVT provides world-leading education in natural medicine, including three accredited postgraduate qualifications, industry-recognized certifications, and a wide range of evidence-based courses and webinars delivered by qualified and experienced practitioners. By bridging cutting-edge science and tradition, CIVT helps you to expand your treatment options to tackle your most challenging cases. And whether you're a veterinarian veterinary technician or nurse, animal health professional, or someone who wants to learn more, they have the right course for you. Investigate their offerings at civtedu.org. If you're enjoying this podcast, we'd appreciate if you'd take the time to tell a friend and to give us a favorable rating on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again for your support. We'll see you next time.